This is Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz welcoming you aboard the Bible bus as we continue our journey through the Old Testament book of Psalms. As one of the most beloved books of the Bible, Dr. J. Vernon McGee tells us that the Psalms record the deep devotion, exalted emotion, and the dark dejection of its writers. And today's study is no exception. So why grab your copy of God's Word and find your seat? Here are a few letters from our fellow listeners. These in Albania, choosing to follow Christ in this Muslim-dominant nation isn't easy. So listen to the struggles, for instance, of this woman who wrote to us. I have been going to church for five years. The first steps in my faith were very difficult for me because my husband did not allow me to go to church. I was eager to hear the Word of God as is every person who first meets Jesus. That's when I heard about your programs from a friend and began to listen. Each program has really influenced my life and opened my eyes. Thank you very much. I try to share your program with other ladies whom I tell about Jesus. And then another woman, also in Albania, wrote us this note. We live in a very poor area. Two years ago, a woman came to tell us about Jesus. That's when our group started to meet. We gather only twice a month, and two women from a nearby village come and teach us. We do not have a church building, so we meet in a home. We read the Bible and pray together. One of the teachers gave me a solar-powered radio and told me about your program. I've learned new things that I did not know before. This program is very useful to me. Now I can learn about Jesus every day. What a blessing. My life is not the same since I decided to put my trust in Jesus. And then our last note comes from a listener named Celia. I am a regular listener to your Albanian programs. I switch on the radio in the morning to our Christian station and turn it off just before going to sleep. My husband regularly listens to your studies as well. He's not a Christian yet, but he really likes your program. Would you please pray for him? Ask while he is listening. His heart may be open to God's salvation. Many thanks. Well, isn't that a great request? You know, our world prayer team, we intercede for listeners like these in a different country each day, and then we ask God to take the whole word to the whole world. To receive our daily email with prayer prompts yourself, sign up at ttb.org forward slash pray. You'll be glad you did. Now let's give this time to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great mercy. We pray that our hearts will be filled with gratitude as we understand more about your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's time for our study in Psalms 5 through 7 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now, friends, today our study brings us back to the fifth Psalm. And in this section between the first Messianic Psalm, Psalm 2, to the second Psalm 8, we have these five Psalms here that are knit very close together. They actually tell a story. They're, first of all, a picture of the personal experience of David. And in the second place, they reveal prophetically the picture of the nation Israel in that day of real struggle that is coming, the great tribulation period. And it has a very real application for us today, for great principles are involved here. And it has a message for God's people in all ages and in all time. Now, as we come to this fifth psalm here, I've given it the heading, The Perfect Man in the Midst of Enemies. And this is a psalm written by David, and it has as its inscription to the chief musician upon Neoloth. And the other psalm, four, we saw last time, was Neginoth. And there's a difference in the two. The other had to do with stringed instruments and 
This has to do with wind instruments, and it means flutes. I think that's been the generally accepted application or instructions. The other one was to be given to the tune or to the accompaniment of these instruments, and now the flutes are uppermost here. David, as you know, was the sweet psalmist in Israel. He set most of these to music. There are others think that a choir also sang this psalm to the accompaniment, of course, upon flutes as the interpretation is given. I think the tone and general character of this psalm very easily perceived. As someone else has put it very nicely, it was Pridham. He said, it's a prayer of faith sent up from a heart in which the discernment of God as the shield and rewarder of them that seek him is found in union with a very deep sense of the prevailing evil and ungodliness which daily present themselves to the contemplation of the faithful. And the vexing of the soul because of the abundance of iniquity is thus a leading feature in its general expression. And here is a very interesting statement that Pridham makes. He says, Hence patience is wrought in tribulation, joy abounds in the sure hope of a deliverance which is deferred only by the counsels of unerring love. And I think that pretty well, friends, sums up this very magnificent psalm. It's been called a morning psalm. Notice how it begins. And I'll give you a little different translation here. Give ear to my words, O Jehovah. Give heed to my meditation. Listen to the voice of my crying, my King and my God. For to thee do I pray. Jehovah, in the morning shalt thou hear my voice. In the morning will I come before thee and expectantly look up. It's a morning prayer. And that could be here as we had a morning psalm and an evening psalm, a morning psalm in Psalm 3, an evening psalm in Psalm 4. Well, this could be called a morning prayer, that in the morning his voice would be lifted unto God. Now, we see here that in the morning is a mighty good time to lift your heart to God in prayer. Now, again... Let me give a little different translation here that I think would be very helpful to you. For no God art thou whom wickedness can please. The evil man cannot dwell with thee. The arrogant shall not dare to stand before thine eyes. Thou hatest all workings of iniquity. Thou wilt destroy them that speak lies. The man of blood and deceit Jehovah abhorreth. As for me, through thy great mercy will I enter thy house. I will fall down facing thy holy temple in fear. Now, this is the comfort of the godly. And when you look about you today, many of you have a sinking feeling as you see the evil that is abroad today and the iniquity. It's something that makes you sick at heart. What is the comfort of the godly? in days like these. Here is the psalmist, that the hatred that he has in his heart of evil reveals that he's on God's side. God also hates it, also makes God sick at his tummy. 
to look down at this sinful world today. And I'm not being irreverent when I say that. You see, wickedness does not please God, and nor will it please those who know God. Evil cannot dwell with him, for God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. You know, Habakkuk put it like this when the Lord told him that the Chaldeans were going to invade God's land. Why, Habakkuk said, Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. You know, wickedness may prosper for a time, but the day is surely coming which will bring destruction and eternal shame to those that practice lies and iniquity. God has made it very, very clear that there is coming a day when judgment will come on this. And evil today is not going to prevail. God's made that very clear. Over in Revelation 21.8, he puts it like this, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers, sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, I may sound like a square reading that to you. I hope I do, because that's exactly what I am, and I believe the judgment of God is coming upon this earth. Now, that brings us down to something in this psalm here, and let me read this to you in a little different translation. Jehovah, lead me in thy righteousness because of my foes. What he's saying is this. My enemies are watching me. They want me to stumble and fall, but I want to glorify you. Therefore, he's praying that God will not let him stumble and fall and that God will lead him. He says, make thy path straight before me. For in their mouth is nothing trustworthy. They're inwardly full of depravity. Their throat is an open sepulcher. And by the way, that's quoted in the third chapter of Romans by Paul. They make their tongue smooth, the glib of tongue. So many folk are like that today. They don't seem to know what the truth is. And they certainly never tell it. Hold them guilty, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Thrust them out in the multitude of their transgressions. They've rebelled against thee, and all who seek refuge with thee shall rejoice. Forever shall they shout for joy because of thy protection, and they shall exult in thee who love thy name. For thou, Jehovah, will bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou surround him as with a shield. You see, prayer is the resource and the recourse of this man when he looks at the wickedness that is about him. And he prays for that guidance that will enable him to walk in a way that he'll not bring disrepute upon the name of God. Let me read verse 10. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they've rebelled against thee. And in the time of the great tribulation... This will be a proper prayer. God intends to take vengeance. He just told us today to walk by faith and take that position that our Lord took. Now, this is the first imprecatory prayer that's recorded in the Psalms. Now, later on, I'll have a time to develop that. But there are certain prayers here, especially you'll hear David 
praying a prayer for justice, for God to intervene and to bring judgment. And some of it's very harsh, by the way. And in fact, Isaiah could do that. In Isaiah 64, 1, Oh, that thou wouldst rend the heavens and come down. Judgment must fall someday upon the transgressors. It's coming. And in the time of the Great Tribulation, it's actually before God comes to take vengeance. Scripture makes it very clear. That's what he'll do. The Lord, you remember, told a parable concerning a widow who prayed, Avenge me of mine adversary. And the judge says, well, I'm going to have to do something about this because this widow keeps worrying me. And then here is the thing. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect? And here it's Israel, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. And this is a prayer that they'll pray in that day. Now, For a Christian to pray these prayers during this age, I think, is absolutely sinful. Nobody says you don't mean that. I certainly do. This is where I think a proper interpretation of Scripture is essential. Now, a great many people want to get rid of this portion of the Word of God. And this is being used more than any other section of the Bible today for people to say, well, this is not the Word of God. This is no expression for a Christian. My point is, who said it was? This is going to be for God's people in that day. For goodness sakes, let's interpret Scripture accurately. And these people under law in that day will pray a prayer as they did in the past under law. And God intends to hear. God intends to bring vengeance. And he says to us today that we are to pray for those that deceitfully use us. It's difficult to do. I grant you that. But that's what we're to do. And God says to you and me today, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. God says, I'll take care of it for you. And when you and I attempt to take matters in our own hands, we get hit in the nose. We want to hit somebody right back in the nose. And that's human nature. That's what we want to do. If we don't, God says, if you go ahead and do it, then you're taking the thing in your own hand and you're not walking with me by faith. God says, I want you to walk with me by faith. You remember, he was so brutally treated when he was here on earth. He didn't strike back. Now, he says, I want those that are my own in the church to take that same position. But God's no mollycoddle. You're not going to get by with it. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. God says, I intend to take care of this someday. This is a marvelous psalm. What a comfort to be for God's people in that day. Now, in the sixth psalm here, you have actually, and I've labeled it, the perfect man in the midst of chastisement, and some have called it a cry for mercy. Well, the reason it is, it's because that this man that's looked about him and seen all of the wickedness, he's also looked at his own heart, and he recognizes he's not perfect before God at all. And these other prayers and psalms had to do with the morning and the evening, but this is one that actually has to do with the darkest night. And we have here this Sheminith, and this is a new term that's given to us here that means upon the octave. And there are those that believe that it means it's to be sung by male voices. 
And the psalm has been called actually the first penitential psalm. Now, the psalm we've just looked at is an imprecatory psalm. Now, this is a penitential psalm. It's a cry of repentance. And I think that you can look at it like this. Here is a cry for mercy, a repentance at the very beginning in the first four verses. Listen to this. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also very vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. You see, he sees his own need, and it's a wonderful cry of repentance. Then we have here his confession, beginning at verse 5. He says here, For in death there is no remembrance of thee in Sheol. Who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning all the night. Make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It groweth old because of mine enemies. I think that you have here a picture of David. I think here you have a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think you have here a picture of Israel in those last days. I think you have here a picture of believers right now, of you and me. This is a marvelous psalm, therefore. This is a cry out of the very depths of despair for mercy. And only mercy can save us. And we're told again and again in the New Testament that God is rich in mercy. He's got plenty for you, and he's got plenty for me, and he has to use a whole lot for me, but he'll be able to you know, to have some for you also. And that's going to be very nice because you and I both are certainly going to need it. And it is said of the Lord Jesus, you remember, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of man. And he could say, I'm weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. That's Psalm 69, 3, and then again in Psalm 42, 3, My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? And then Psalm 38, 10, My heart panteth, my strength faileth me, as for the light mine eyes, it's also gone from me. And then finally in Psalm 88, 9, Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction, Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. You see, in all these expressions, and I've only given you a very small segment, you have the Spirit of Christ speaking in prophecy of his own suffering through which he passed in the days of his humiliation. And his people, the nation Israel, that remnant in the great tribulation will be passing through it. And listen, today many of God's saints have passed through it. But the great comfort is he's been through it, friends. These are the things he suffered. These are the things he endured. And I don't care where you are or what you're going through today. He's already been through it, and he can comfort you. How wonderful it is to have a Savior like this. And he says, Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. And here you have 
the answer to prayer. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. And we're told concerning the Lord Jesus in Hebrews 5, 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he'd offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him out of death, he was heard in that he feared. And that's our confidence today. God will hear and answer our prayer when we're in deep trouble. Isn't that a comfort to your friend today? Many of you are in a bad spot because you've written and told us that. And then we come here in this 10th verse here, the last verse. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and very vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Now we come to this marvelous 7th Psalm, and we just have a few moments with it. And someone has said that there should be written over this psalm, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And we're told here, Shigeon of David, which he sang unto the Lord concerning the words of Cush of Benjamite. And this word means crying aloud. And this is David singing. I'd love to have heard him sing this psalm. And this is a loud cry. And it reveals, I think, prophetically the persecution and the final suffering of the God-fearing remnant of Israel during the time of the Great Tribulation. And it's the outcry against the man of sin. And we'll see that in the next psalm also. And you have here confidence of prayer. Listen to this translation. Jehovah my God, in thee I seek shelter. Save me from my pursuers and rescue me. Lest like a lion he tear my soul, rendering in pieces and no one to deliver it. Now, who's the lion? That lion is Satan, by the way. Or he goes up and down this earth like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then you have that unjust persecution. Jehovah, my God, if I've done this, should iniquity be in my hands. If I've meted out evil to him who is peaceful, the injustice and innocent suffering. And that's something that I don't understand today in this world. I don't propose to understand it, but I want to say this to you. I know somebody who does understand it, and he's going to explain it to us someday. There are things in my life, I'm sure there's in your life, you don't understand. And I can't explain it to you about yours because I don't even know why I have to go through some of it. But he's going to explain it someday. And then we have here a very wonderful part, and this is a psalm now. It's not the darkest night like the last one. You have morning light here. Listen to this, verse 6, and I have only a minute. Arise, O Lord, in thine anger. Lift up thyself because of the rage of mine enemies, and awake for me to the judgment that thou hast commanded. And then verse 11. Listen to this. God judgeth the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Now, my friend, we may have the new morality today, but God doesn't go along with it. He's not buying it today. He's not following it. And because of that, we can say in this last verse, the 17th, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Why, these psalms ought to get some of us singing. I can't sing, but I might make an attempt at it. Next time we come to the marvelous eighth psalm, another messianic psalm. 
Until then, may God richly bless you, my beloved. Our next study is a great one, so why don't you invite a friend to hop aboard with us at ttb.org forward slash listen. And while you're there, why don't you check out the wide selection of Dr. McGee's digital booklets that we offer for free. More than a hundred in all, each one is designed to teach and challenge, inspire, or comfort you from the truth of God's Word. One you'll for sure want to download is our new Bible companion for Psalms. It's got a great synopsis of the teaching and then prompts to listen to Dr. McGee's audio and then a link to the scripture that we're studying and some great reflection questions. These Bible companions really are game changers for the way that we spend time in God's Word. Again, you'll find our free Bible companion for Psalms at ttb.org forward slash booklets. Next time, our journey to Psalm 8 goes on. So, Set some time aside to read through it a few times yourself, and then get your free copy of our reading schedule over at ttb.org forward slash bookmark, or call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE, and we'll mail you a copy. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll meet you here as we continue our five-year journey through God's entire Word. Jesus Today's study is always available, free to stream or download, thanks to the generous and faithful investments from your fellow Bible bus travelers. Just go to ttb.org or download our app to listen again anytime. As always, we'd love to know what's God teaching you.